You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob. We are here with Ty Bo and Sean. We are coming at you with Championship Weekend in mind and in tow. We've got the Bengals and the Chiefs in what is being called Burrowhead. Very clever. Very clever. Don't give them We've that. got... It's, I like it, man. I like it. That's no, good don't say, That's good don't say that. I like that. We've also it's good got, bulletin board material, but like, hey, not, don't give too. them props on it. Don't give take them props too. on it. Hey, man. It's all about positivity around here. We give good shots. They give good shots. And then we win the game. Wow. <laughs> We've also got the 49ers versus the Eagles in Philly. Both will be covered, but it's playoff season. We are in the midst of it. It's almost Super Bowl season. We're a few weeks away here. And so I need to turn this one over to Tybo for his newest top five of the week. Yeah, this will be the fifth straight AFC championship game hosted by our Kansas City Chiefs. And in honor of how bad we used to be, I'm coming at you with my top five and some Chiefs playoff moments. Um, in my honorable mentions, I'm just going to say the Chiefs of the 60s, okay? the Before the 1966 merger, we did win a championship um, against the Houston Oilers that then became the Tennessee Titans. Um, after the 66 merger, we went to two out of the first four Super Bowls and won one of them. Um, but after 1971, the Chiefs didn't make it back to the playoffs for oh, quite some time. Um, a couple of other of my honorable mentions. Um, this one is the quintessential Mahomes highlight in the playoffs. It's played so much that I'm not including it in my top five. Um, but the Mahomes TD run versus the Titans in the 2019 Conference Championship game. Um, absolutely electric. Um, I just think there was some really poor tackling on that uh, run. <laughs> um <laughs> Also a part of the honorable mention, um, a very vital part of the Super Bowl run of that same year, um, McCole Hartman's kick return versus the Texans uh, in the divisional round. It's what got the comeback started. Um, I think McCole made some sort of mistake that led to the Texans scoring, um, getting out to that early lead, and then he comes back with a kick return. Was it? Yeah. So he, he comes back later with a kick return um, and starts the whole comeback off. And, you know, without that play, we don't make it to the Super Bowl. We don't win the Super Bowl that year. So very, very important, but still not enough to crack my top five. Um, number five, it's the only one on the list that happened before I was born. Um, but you can imagine how important it was to the city of Kansas City in 91, uh, we beat the Raiders in the playoffs in the wild card round. It was a 10 to six game, ugly, you know, what we're, what we're used to from back in the day in the Chiefs in divisional games. Um, but to, to beat the Raiders in, you know, one of your first playoff wins in, you know, God knows how long, um, I'm sure the city was rocking. Um, they did go on to lose the next game, but just to be able to beat the Raiders in the playoffs, it's got to be pretty sweet. Moving on, number four, the 2015 wildcard win versus the Texans. We blanked them. It was 30 to nothing, and that was our first playoff win since, like, the 90s. So, you like, you can imagine, and this was pre-Mahomes, too. You can, you don't even have to imagine because we lived it, but the the city you know felt something there was promise about this team we didn't necessarily know we were going to get pat mahomes a couple of years later um but you know there was it was life brought back to a football town that had been completely shit on for all of most of the 2000s to my number three um we saw this man shine on a 98 yard 
touchdown drive last week. Um, but Chad Henney's fourth down conversion to the Bill or to Tyreek Hill versus the Browns in the 2021 or 2020 playoff season, the year after the Super Bowl. Um, we know how that year ends, and it it sucked. But the Henney's run and then the fourth down to Tyreek Hill, I mean, that was what we love about Kansas City football, kind of an underdog type of guy having his moment to shine. Uh, so it's it's one of the reasons why Kansas City absolutely adores Chad Henney and doesn't want to see him go. Number two. Game of the decade candidate. 13 seconds. That's all you got to say about that. Yes, sir. Number one. I had to pick a had to pick the Super Bowl moment, but Wasp. The 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 play the play where I mean Kansas City fans, football players, anybody affiliated or loves the Chiefs, they knew we weren't out of this game. But Wasp was the play that was like, here it comes. That was that was the play where we knew something special was about to happen. And, you know, capped off by the Damian Williams touchdown run, but Wasp was the play that everybody knew. The the hair started to go up on the back of your neck. You started to get chills go down your spine. It's like, it's about to happen. So I, I cried uh, yep. on that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it has to be number one. I would have, uh, we talked about a pre-show. I would have liked to see uh, 16 or 65 TPT, the toss power trap on there, just simply because that it's was technically uh, included. This is the Chiefs yeah, of the 60s. It, <laughs> that's true. It was uh, the, the, the play that uh, got us our first Super Bowl victory. Um, it's also, if anybody pays attention, if you watch like uh, the franchise on YouTube or any of the videos that the Chiefs put out, the video production team for the Kansas City Chiefs is named uh, 65 TPT Productions, which is pretty neat, keeping that moniker around. So uh, it, it's nice to see. I mean, obviously, Kansas City that's, Chiefs That's homage. Are, that's to the great Hank Stram. Exactly. And, and they're so, I mean, the franchise loves to douse themselves in history. They never forget anything. Um, and Clark makes sure of that. I think that's the way it'll continue to be run for probably ever. Um, but it, it's really neat to see. It's it's one of the few franchises that still continues to pay homage to everything that has pretty much ever happened um, in and around the city and in and to the organization itself, which is pretty neat. There is a little bit of news that we do need to get to really quick here. Uh, there has been the first hire of the NFL coaching carousel, first coming from Adam Schefter. The Colts have hired Frank Reich as their uh, head coach. Uh, he is now. Colts did not hire him. I'm oh, sorry. That was the that Carolina was the Colts Panthers. ex-coach. Yeah. Yes, the Colts ex-coach. Read that wrong. The, the <laughs> Carolina Panthers uh, yeah, put it on to uh, to next season's tab. We'll start it. Uh, the <laughs> Carolina Panthers have hired Frank Reich, uh, who is the former Colts head coach. He's uh, returning uh, to the franchise that he started for back in 1995. I think a cool little note from that is uh, he was actually the first ever quarterback to take a snap for the Carolina Panthers. Their franchise started in 1995. He took the very first snap of the Carolina Panthers organization, which was pretty neat. Wow. That is neat. A little, little bit of nostalgia for him and the team, I'm sure. But probably not the best decision coaching-wise. Let me just get that out there. We'll have to see how it plays out. I don't think he was helped very much with the with the Colts. But, um, yeah, I would agree it's – Maybe not the maybe not the best, but I don't also think they were hiring at the right time. Um, news for the Super Bowl coming from James Palmer. Carl Sheffers is going to be the head referee. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans know that we hate this guy. Um, not a good look. Uh, just, absolute joke, man. Uh, 
outside of like the Kansas City Chiefs, this guy is not a good referee in the NFL. This is now his second Super Bowl that he'll be doing. Um, not a good look for the NFL. Uh, just in all aspects, this guy likes to make himself a name uh, in whatever game he plays it or referees in. So he's got to get his not, screen time in. He's got to yeah. got to get that camera time. Um, Absolutely aggravating. <laughs> Last news for the NFL, and then we do have a little bit of Chiefs news. Uh, also from James Palmer, the NFL 101 Awards. This is for the AFC and NFC. So the quarterbacks uh, for AFC and NFC, respectively, players uh, – or actually, excuse me, the AFC and NFC Offensive Players of the Year, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, I think is deserved. Uh, no questions there. For the Defensive Player of the Year for the AFC and NFC, respectively, it is Chris Jones and Nick Bosa. And then you also have... Is this the, the Pro coaches. Football Writers? Is this is this Pro Football Writers? Uh, uh, I, be- uh, I believe so. Or no, this is this is coming from the NFL. This is, uh, this is the NFL Awards for uh, AFC and NFC. So they were announcing that on February on 9th. Uh, no, those are like the those are the coach of the year, the player of the year. This is just for AFC and NFC. Okay. So those the mm-hmm. the coach of the year for the entire NFL will be announced then. Um, but this is for the AFC and NFC. Um, so they do put these out a little bit earlier. Well, I I saw something about the writers put something about about Pat being the MVP already. Yeah the the he's got the he's got the NFL pro writers. Yes. MVP award. Yes. But this is uh, like not the official NFL MVP yet, but yeah, this is basically saying who it's going to come down to um, for the, the players of, of either MVP, a defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, things like that. Um, The coaches respectively for AFC and the NFC are Doug Peterson and Brian Dabble. Um, can't disagree on any of those yeah, fantastic not options. On those. Um, and the uh, last news that we have here uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, also from James Palmer, he was the first one to put this information out. I thought it was really interesting. Our rookie corner, Jalen Watson, has been playing a majority of the season with a broken hand. The the hand that uh, he intercepted with last week to to close the game out against the Jaguars that is the hand that he broke. That's great news to see, man. And he's he's been playing with that, or that just happened. Been playing? No, he's been playing with it for multiple weeks. I believe around uh, week seven was when they stated he had broke his hand, which is when we also saw the dip in uh, snap count for Jalen. Um, so mm-hmm. expect now that he's on a mend. Um, especially seeing what he was able to do last week, uh, he will be getting many more snaps. But it was also probably a blessing in disguise that it was broken and his snap share had to go down because that also left for uh, Williams to be able to come in, excuse me, be able to come in and uh, put in some work, trial by fire, and get ready for the playoffs. Uh, but that uh, that that also is a testament to how – uh, hardworking of a player he is as well. Um, not only drafted, you know, later like he was drafted, but uh, to be able to play with that broken hand, to be able to make what probably was the biggest play of the game, pull out a win and send the team to, uh, to the hey, championship weekend. I played on a broken toe for a couple of seasons in high school football. So that's what I <laughs> This guy. For a couple of seasons? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't know what happened. I went to my trainer and she felt like a popping in my foot. I actually went to steer during wrestling season because it hurt to get out of my uh, down stance. And she said it had been broken for a while. Like I just kind of got used to the pain. Because <laughs> you, you can't do anything there. for a broken. Yeah. Real football guy in the trenches, the broken toe. Uh, listen, we've got. Oh, no, that's pretty impressive. Good kudos, Jalen. Jalen Watson. Hell of a game coming up. It's a night game on Sunday, five, five o'clock, five thirty kickoff. Um oh and three against the Bengals. Initial thoughts. How are we feeling against this Bengals team that we have yet to beat? 
and they're coming in saying it's Burrowhead, so they're they're at a home away from home. And what what are our initial feelings for this game? You know, I I I think the stuff that they're putting out in the media, like it's great bulletin board material. It's super disrespectful. I think the Bengals are coming in a little cocky. Now they may just have our number, but I'm leaning towards you know the Murphy's law, law of averages, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's going to be hard to beat us four straight times. It's going to be real hard to beat us four straight times. And there's there's a lot of people out there saying that uh, their offensive line, while they continue to win games, their offensive line is being highly suspect. And you know th- our defensive line is is playing the best they've they've played this season. We've continued to get better throughout the season. We're second in the league in pressures, and um, I think we're number one or one of the top teams in, in actually hitting the quarterback. Um, I think we were fourth in sacks, but, um, you know, we, we create pressure and, you know, Joe Burrow is only going to be able to take so much of that, you know, game in, game out, being on the run, getting, you know, taken to the ground, getting hit, not even necessarily just getting sacked. I think it's going to catch up to him. And, you know, this, the offensive firepower is there. Like we know we can compete. We just can't have a, a, a lull in the second half like we did last year. The if if the game plan continued to work out the way it was looking in the first half, like the Bengals weren't going to touch us. You know, we got in our 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 own way a little bit, and I think the Bengals are now in that situation because they're so cocky playing us. The Bengals are going to kind of get in the, their own way. Um, so I, I think it's kind of be a, a recipe for, you know, positive outcome for us. But, you know, there's the AFC West is known. The Raiders are going to Raider. The Chargers are going to Charger. The Broncos are going to be stupid and the Chiefs are going to Chief. So it's just the history. So there's always there's always that little bit of a feeling, you know, uneasiness on edge, um, waiting for the Chiefs to kind of make a mistake. Um, but. I'm I'm pretty confident that this team has has put most of that stuff behind us. Yeah, one big thing about this though is the Bengals love to come in saying that they're the underdog. They've been saying it for the past two years now. No matter where they go, they're the favorites right now. Mm, Joe Joe Burrow didn't didn't like that. I thought he had an interview a while back. He's like, I'm tired of being the underdog. Like, we we compete. We're a real team out here. You remember that? I remember that, but they're still touted as the underdog in most games they play. <laughs> Another big thing about this. Do you guys remember who all we had out during that game? Joan Tooney yes. didn't play in the first game. Yes. Yeah. First game back for Trent McDuffie. Jalen Watson dealing with his hand. Like there were a lot of factors that we did not have in that first game that were ready to go. Kelsey was sick during that game. Plenty of stuff. I am excited. I'm ready for this. It's going to be the best game of the weekend by far. But you'll be even more excited to hear this news. Uh, going through the injury report this week, through Wednesday and Thursday, everybody who has not been designated to the injury reserve, so that would be uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and uh, Jody Fortson, everybody is healthy. Do you know who that includes? Nicole Hardman. Hardman. Hard man. Harry. Okay. Okay. Hardman. He has been a light participant as of Wednesday and Thursday. It'll probably be a light participant on Friday and ready to go for the game on Sunday. Everybody else has been a full practice. That includes Willie Gay, Jarek McKinnon, and the one and only PM2 number 15, Patrick Mahomes the second. Beautiful. Great news. So healthy. We need to. We need to be aware as Chiefs fans. Mahomes looks like he's running fine. He says he's fine. He's not, you know, he's listed as a full participant on the injury list. But even if it feels great, that ankle sprain is going to be very easy to re-injure. Yes. That those those ligaments, whatever is affected in the strain, is not healed 100% just in a week. Like that is the reality of it. I'm so happy that he's not hobbling around. He's not wearing a boot or anything like that. 
but just know uh, offensive line better be working their ass off out there to keep those Bengals away from him because it's going to be very easy for him to re-enter that. This is the game. Is very good. This is the game to see if we're actually going to pay Orlando Brown Jr. or not. I think I think the, we already. This is know for the big money. This is for the big money, though. If he can do it now, whenever it really matters, he may earn a few extra mil there. It would, yeah, I'd go a long way in negotiations. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, as far as the Bengals are concerned, there are a few concerning options for them. They're starting offensive tackle, I believe it's their left tackle, Jonah Williams, and starting guard Alex Copa have both been non-participants as of Wednesday and Thursday. All reports sound like it is not good for them and most likely will be out for the game. You've also got defensive tackle DJ Reader. Uh, He's fine. He was just listed as rest. There was also Sam Hubbard, the defensive end, uh, who is listed as rest but is fine and practicing. Um, Pretty much everybody else on this list is either a light or full participation. That's how it's going to go. No no other big concerns. Maybe Trey Flowers and Hayden Hurst, uh, who was designated as a light practice. Um, There are some concerning reports about Hayden Hurst, um, but for the most part, the only thing they really have to worry about is that offensive line, and they had to worry about that before the injuries anyways. Um, I did want to take a look back at some of the things that we have done in the past uh, or maybe have not done. When we take a look, uh, I, I don't want to go back too far, only during Joe Bur- Burrow's tenure there playing against Kansas City. Uh, so going back to our first game, which was in January of uh, uh, 22, right before the playoffs, we had obviously lost, and it wasn't it wasn't a good game by us. They didn't have a run game, which was which was pretty nice. We were able to to hold them there uh, solidly. Uh, but Jamar Chase did have an 11 catch game for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Joe Mixon did have that game did like follow the same kind of script as the, as the one that came after it. Yes. Um, We were up in the first half and kind of shattered away at the end. There was uh, some really questionable uh, decision-making at the very end. Um, I believe this was uh, um, Spags choosing to go zero coverage on a third and 27 or something like that. Uh, he, he tried to explain he was trying to keep him out of field goal range, but it was uh, Charvarius Ward one-on-one versus Jamar Chase down the sideline. Like, just an absolutely god-awful call for your defense on third and 27. Uh, but, you know, it's the, – the script of Chiefs-Bengals has kind of been we get up and then we lose it in the second half. Ow. There weren't any turnovers. We, we, uh, at least that we created, uh, no interceptions, no fumbles, but we were able to create pressure in that game. We did get Joe Burrow on the ground a total of four times. When you look at the next game that was in the AFC championship, uh, just a few weeks later, uh, we did, um, still didn't have, uh, we did get one interception or excuse me. Yeah, we did get one interception. It was, uh, Legereus Sneed's, um, we ended up with a total of one sack that game that came from Melvin Ingram. There was no pressure created with how bad their offensive line was. Um, but we were able to hold Jamar chase. Now that did allow T Higgins to go off for six receptions and 103 yards. So it, it, there is a theme going on that we allow one, but not everyone else, um, to get, to, to have themselves a game. And then when you look at, uh, the most recent game that was played and lost all of them, three point losses um still no interceptions turnovers the uh the sack total came down to one uh from George Karloftis so no pressure really created um and when you look at uh when you look at the the receivers and what they were able to do Jamar Chase seven receptions 97 yards everybody else had uh, quite a few catches uh but low totals so when you look at it they play the Chiefs we're letting a lot of short yardage plays happen for longer extended drives um 
Samaje Pirine was able to have a hell of a game against us earlier on this season. That was the first time that they had really rushed well against us. We can't win the turnover battle and only one game out of three so far, we have been able to create pressure. Do you guys see that being a change with or without their offensive linemen that are currently listed as non-participants? Do you see that changing this week? given our struggles and their struggles against other teams, but we're not able, this is like, we're just not able to get Joe Burrow down. I mean, yeah, it I almost seems like they're, they're our kryptonite. Joe Burrow is our defensive line's kryptonite, but whether or not it does happen is, is going to be the, the, the point that this game really hinges upon. If we get Joe Burrow sacked four times, we will win this game. I understand it didn't happen in that first meeting, but I, I, I spoke to what really lost us that game um, just a second ago. If we get Joe Burrow sacked four times, at least we're going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call it. It's going to be the biggest game for our defensive, defensive line this year. They're going to have a tremendous day. Chris Jones is going to get his playoff sack. Frank Clark is going to eat. And Carl Loftus may get in there a little bit too. Interesting. I'm I'm worried about this. The defense. I am really worried now. Pressure create created pressure eliminates all issues that we have in being able to defend against the pass. You create pressure. Well, you don't really yeah. have to worry about Jamar Chase thirty yards, forty yards down the field because Joe Burrow doesn't have enough time to throw the ball. Now, part of that is going to be contained. Is Frank Clark going to have himself a hell of a day or is he going to, is Spags going to have him playing contain like he has been the rest of the year to make sure that Joe Burrow stays inside the pocket and we bring a blitz, those off blitzes that we've been doing all year. This is going to be a really big test. And I, I would love to say that our defensive line is going to have a really good day. Um, I, I just want to hold my water on that because it's really going to come down to what Spags is calling out on the field. It's going to have to be a lot of blitzes. That's not what everybody wants to hear. The way that Joe Burrow is able to move in this pocket, manipulate the passes in a lot of sense is very much him and Patrick Mahomes are almost on the same level. He's able to move and climb and be able to throw on the run very accurately at different arm angles. And he has the receiving core that is able to get him out of those tough situations. It's just even with a bad offensive line, he's shown that he's been able to overcome that. Um, it's really going to come down to linebacker play and can we defend the deep ball? I think those are the two things that it comes down to. I, I, I do want to touch on the linebacker play because that, uh, that's been really pointed to, uh, on Twitter, you know, last week, the bills didn't do very well, um, filling the gaps against the run and the Bengals ran all over the place. That's, you know, what were our linebackers are a little bit worse at nowadays. Like we, we love Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, but film as of the last, the, the latter part of the season, like the, the tackling and, and filling run gaps isn't, hasn't been like the greatest. And I don't necessarily expect that play to improve that much this week and be a more deciding factor on the defense. I really think they're going to run decently well against us. I think it's the big play moments where our defensive line is going to have to come after Joe Burrow. That's the, that's what this game, you know, defending the deep pass per se, but that's really what this game is going to come down to. And if we, if we get some, if we get a sack or two in those big moments, that's, you know, it's really going to turn the game in our favor. I, I would love to, I'd lean towards what Sean's saying, like the defensive line is going to have a huge day. Um, it's, they haven't proven it against the Bengals just yet, so I, I'm hesitant to say that. But that's what that's what I think is going to win this game for us. Um, and and really, you know, we've just been kind of we've been grasping literally on his jersey, like almost having wrapped up. We've been grasping at straws, like he's just been able to escape even our best player, Chris Jones. So I think, you know, if that changes, that's definitely going to win us this game. Thank you. New acquisition for this year as a veteran defensive end is going to be the guy 
who makes the plays, who is the difference maker when it comes to our defensive line. This is a revenge game for him, too. Yes, it is. Uh, are you, one are you talking about Mr. Dunlap. Yes, we are. Okay. Oh, Mr. Dunlap. <laughs> um, it, it'll be it'll be a I think it'll be a sweet revenge game for him. It'll be pretty cool. Uh, the last thing on defense that I wanted to touch on over the last couple of weeks, we have seen a change in the base defense um, that uh, Spags has been running. We have seen Leo Chanel on the field much more often than he had been at previous points in the season running that base defense, which I think has been a portion of the problem to, to our past defense that's been going around. Do you think that we continue to see Leo Chanel and the base defense being run in that four, three, or do we go back and revert to what Spags is known best for in that nickel defense, putting Brian cook out there uh, most likely uh, to be that guy. It all depends on how the first half goes. If it's working, we're going to stick with the base defense. But if not, I bet he switches it up at half. I know he doesn't like making big adjustments like that, but you got to do something. I think the the Bengals' run game is is scary enough from last week, and also the fact that Samaje P. Ryan went off against us the first time around. Um, I think that's enough to keep us in base, like that Leo's a little bit better at filling the run. Now, Brian Cook's had some decent tape on it last, <laughs> uh, recently. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but I, I mean, I think the, the, the bigger defense, the base defense with Leo in there, I think is what they're going to lean towards just, just the way the run game looked last week. Offensively, it's been a tale of two halves every single time that we play. Amazing first half, horrendous second half. And it's not even three quarters like we usually try and put up. It's two quarters and then we do nothing. Is that more of... I don't even... I I, I don't know if it's more of Andy Reid just taking his foot off the gas or if it or Eric Bieniemy, whoever's calling the plays, or is it the adjustments being made by the Bengals? I mean, Eli Apple can't be that good. I've seen him cover. I've watched his film. The guy is not that good. Safety's help make up for that a little bit, I think. <laughs> are, we, are we afraid of Sam Hubbard and what their defensive line has been able to do uh, against teams like the Ravens and the Bills, given our offensive line issues here and there? Not, not necessarily just because the Ravens had Tyler Huntley, a quarterback. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't move like that. The Bills had Josh Allen. He's been a mess this year. We have Patrick Mahomes, one of the best pocket passers in the league. He can still move. Probably won't move as much this week because of the ankle, but he can still move around, get out of there, and he's going to be getting the ball out of his hands fast. I think we're just afraid to run the ball against them. I also think we have a better offensive line than the last two teams they've played, too. I wouldn't disagree with that. So do you think we're just going to offensively be able to have a field day? Guys are just going to be going out there. I mean, what are, what are, the, what are the problems um, – that that you see the Kansas City Chiefs offense having the propensity to shoot ourselves in the foot, the the play calling woes you alluded to with the play calling team on offense. Uh, I I don't think the Bengals on defense make any big plays to stop us from winning this game. I think. Our mistakes, uh, a, a pat errant pass here and there. You know, if, if he has a three pick game, we're not going to win this game. You know, and then that's they're 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 not gonna they're not gonna be the ones forcing us to like necessarily make mistakes. It's gonna be us shooting us in the foot. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. I mean, they they were able to stout up on the Bills, but I think the Bills were really shooting themselves in the foot 
in the turnover battle. And that's what led to a 27 to 10 score. Exactly. And I mean, they were getting after Josh Allen pretty good. So I, I don't think they're going to find the same success against our offensive line. Pat, Pat's going to run a little bit here and there, but I, I don't, I don't think he's going to truly be in danger a lot of the time. He will always have a check down ready to go. John, we saw last week with Chad Henney coming in. We finally, finally, finally leaned on our running backs. Do we see this offense at at any time finally start to pick up this run game, knowing that that's the way that you control a game? The only way we would is if we get up big, and even then we were, we're not going to do it. We don't do that. That's not us, man. Do that, man. I'm st- it hurts. Kind of question heart, is that? Man. It you hurts my answer. heart. I know. I, I mean, just can't like it, I can't, I can't get it in my head that this offensive line is a top five run blocking offensive line with a, a with the two running backs that we have back there, and we sit here and we go, you know what? We're still going to pass the ball sixty times. We're not going to control the offensive line. We're not going to keep these guys guessing. We're not going to throw in a play action or uh, the RPOs are really no threat because we're not going to hand the ball off. And it's just, all right, line up and see if you can cover our receivers. And we're not winning that battle most of the time. You know, I, I, if Chad Henney does come in and the, and the play calling changes like that, I still think we have a chance to win this game. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. As, as long as uh, Chad Henney doesn't throw – easy picks, um, which he almost didn't versus the Jaguars. We don't talk about that as much, but uh, if, if, if Henny keeps his throws easy and mistake free and we still have a chance to use the run game and, and confuse them and keep them from stacking eight in the box, we still have a chance to win this game. In the last three games that we've played against the Bengals out of two, Travis Kelsey has been our leading receiver. And the first game that we played against the Bengals, it was Tyreek. Um, neither one, n- none of our receivers played well in that game. But in the last two, it's been uh, uh, Travis Kelsey getting majority of the target share and in the yards. Um, it's going to happen again this week. Exactly. We see Darius them Tony will have to... six or seven. Everybody <laughs> else is going to have one or two. Darius Tony, six or seven, really? That's what he had last game. Yeah, that's true. That's I, it's Andy's got a formula. Okay, like we're not necessarily seeing you know a, a crazy amount of new plays or the off the playbook necessarily being opened up. A- Andy's got a formula. Okay, and Pat and Travis Kelsey have a relationship that goes past that formula a lot of times too. So, I mean, Pat always feels and knows where Travis Kelsey's at. So, it's 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 literally just our DNA. Harry McCole Hardman is healthy. What kind of dynamic does this bring to our beloved Chiefs going into this massive game to send us into our third Super Bowl in four years? So I want to I want to bring us back. Hang on, hang on, Sean. Hang on, Sean. I want to bring us back to week one. Okay. Do we remember our game versus the Arizona Cardinals? Do we remember Let the two? Cook. Let him cook. Do we remember the two deep balls that Mahomes missed McCole Harmon on? Huh? And so okay. he's like, "I gotta get him." McCole's got touchdowns this season, yes, but has he had a deep bomb? Nope, no deep balls. Has he had a deep bomb, fellas? None. You're saying now that he is healthy and going to be back, we are, you're calling a deep bomb, Kerry McCole Harmon. The Touch other him. jet. <laughs> the other jet. Hey, yo. Whichever whichever leg is, is the healthier leg, Pat's gonna throw a one one legged jump pass. It's it's deep bomb. Does this, does this open bomb. up the game or does this close the game? This touchdown from Kerry McCall Hardman. <sighs> That's I think it's gonna open up. Oh, you're up. shot, bro. Ooh, it's gonna open up early. 
early from from McCole Harden. I love it's gonna uh, it's gonna open up the scoring for us or something. If we get if we hit stagnant, you know, if we only have seven points in the second quarter, that's gonna happen. Okay. Can I go now, Tapo? No. <laughs> Am I good? <laughs> McCole is gonna bring in the effective effectiveness in the red zone. Just imagine Kadarius Tony and McCole Hardman out there in the red zone. Who are you gonna cover? We're gonna be not McCole Hardman. <laughs> you no. got McCole, you got KT, you got Travis, you got Juju, and then Jody, probably if he's playing. He's not playing. Oh, and then on. you got Jared McKinnon. Blake Bell, Noah Gray. I mean that's I mean that's all these it. all these guys are not gonna be on the field at the exact same time. <laughs> no, but no. <laughs> It's that's a tough lineup, man. You can't you can't cover those guys. It's not possible. And let me remind you, MBS got a red zone touchdown last week. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to well, be get it to anybody within <laughs> within 20 yards. All right, let's uh let's call our shots then before we get to the score. Keys your your keys to the game and how those players uh, will perform. Uh, key keys to the game <laughs> for me uh, is going to be linebacker play. It's going to be can we cover and fill holes? Not so much flowing to plays, but it's got to be defensive line is opening up holes for the blitzes that are coming through being able to cover the underneath passes and have trust that your DBs are going to have the over the top. And, and it's, I think that's going to be the biggest factor in this game is going to be linebacker play. Um, so cover everything down uh, and we should, should be good offensively is consistency. Um, I think we've harped on that earlier on in the season, it's going to be the consistency, making sure the drives continue to go uh, and also, you know, being clean, being clean consistently, making sure there's not penalties, that your emotions aren't running too high um, and that everything is just continuing to fire. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say Kadarius Tony has two touchdowns in this game as well. I'm giving George Karloftis two and a half sacks. Oh, <laughs> Bold take right there, Cotton. See how it plays out. Yeah, my defensive keys to the game is actually going to rely on the secondary in this. I know I talked a lot about the defensive line, but the Bengals pass catchers are going to catch a lot of balls. We just have to limit them on when they catch them. We got to stop them on big downs, long downs, and whenever we're in the red zone. Granted, they're going to get their opportunities. They're going to make some plays. But whenever it's close or we need a big stop, they need to step up right there. Everybody else will be ready to go doing their job, but secondary really needs to step up in this game. Offensively, something that we never do, run the damn ball. Just a little bit. Use it whenever it's effective. They're going to drop eight and rush three. Run the damn ball there, Andy. Offensive player to watch. Whew. Give me McColl. First game back, red zone target, end of rounds, whatever you want to use him for, look for McColl. Defensively, I'm going to go ahead and call it Chris Jones, monster game, over three and a half sacks. Taking it up, that's a hot take for you right there. That would be four sacks, like minimum. Over 3.5, Chris Jones is getting four sacks tomorrow. Or damn it, Sunday. Jeez. All right, fellas. I have one key to the game because it applies to both the defense and the offense. And that is the Bengals can't know where it's coming from. To the def- On the defensive side of the ball, the blitz, break it up, overload, do whatever you got to do. We got to get to Joe Burrow. And if we get it, if we do it quickly and if they're, if it's like, almost like dramatic, like drive killers, you know, the, the free DB coming off the, coming off the edge and just right in Joe Burrow's face. Like we gotta, we gotta mix it up. They can't know where it's coming from on offense. 
I know Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have this unreal connection and Travis is probably going to get like 10 catches or above that. But I, I know there are plays in this playbook that scheme certain players open. And I want to see Andy target some of the other players in our offense. Sky Moore, Juju, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. He's, he's leaned on McKinnon near the end of the regular season, but I want to see more of that in the playoffs right now. Getting to the Super Bowl, winning this game this weekend is almost more important than winning the Super Bowl. Beating, beating the Cincinnati Bengals to get to the Super Bowl this year should feel more important right now than winning the Super Bowl. We know we have a championship-caliber team. If we completely shit the bed in the Super Bowl, oh, well, we'll get there next year. We have to beat the Bengals right here, right now. Let's pull out all the stops. Let's get all all the schemed plays for whoever's in our offense. Get them out there. Get it going. You know, I want to see multiple players with two and three catches tomorrow. Or, damn it, Sunday. <laughs> hey. You know what I'm saying? The gas. Herb stomping next. Thank you. Bring yes. the Lamar Hunt trophy home. Let's pick Where this one. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was you two won. Uh, or no, excuse me. I won last week. I'm going to go first because I already have them. Played. How did you win? Did you have a perfect record last I week? I went 4-0 last week. Tybo, you went 2-2. Two two. Sean went 3-1. and one. Good for you. Don't expect it too often. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Chiefs. We are going to win this game um, hmm, 24-17. So, Tybo's up next, right? Tybo is up next. Oh, okay. Chiefs 33-13. Wow. Blowout. I'm going to pick the Bengals to lose this game 31-24. Bold predictions, boys. Bold predictions. I like it a lot. Well, we've got one more game during championship weekend. It is the uh, 40. Oh, by the way, uh, the it, it I believe it started out in some sports books for Kansas City Chiefs were favored by four and a half, six and a half, depending on where you looked. Um, as of Monday, 8 a.m., it had already flipped over to the Bengals being favored by one. They were one-point favorites. It ended up getting to three on some sports books. The Chiefs are now favored by one from a sports book that shall not be named. We do have the next game. Uh, it is the early two o'clock kickoff game: the 49ers versus the Eagles. The Eagles wait, at home. wait. What? There's another game this weekend. What? Are you kidding me? What? There's there's somebody other than. The Kansas City Chiefs playing football? Not that I'm aware of. Oh. What are you talking the about then, man? crazy. This is like the Eagles at, me. <laughs> the Eagles at home are two and a half point favorites. Um, so the home teams are favored here. Uh, big, big game. I mean, you've got the, the Eagles who have come back from winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and a backup quarterback changing the entire structure. You you draft Devontae Adams very or Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith very high. And then you you trade and pay a guy like AJ Brown. You bring in Nick Sirianni, former Kansas City Chief staff member, now head coach, um, taking them to the to the NFC championship in their second year. Jalen Hurts, MVP uh finalist. And then you've got the 49ers who all around potentially have the best team composition-wise and skill set players on offense and defense with a guy like Kyle Shanahan who knows how to manipulate offenses more than most anybody in the league and learned it from his dad, who is one of the best. I mean, this is this is a game, boys. Like we've got two amazing games coming up. I'm really excited for this two o'clock game on, on Sunday. Yeah. I'm excited to I see think... what it's all about. Uh, Brock Purdy rookie hasn't lost yet. Let's see if he can keep it going. Eagles, man. I expect some batteries to be thrown at the link on Sunday. If not batteries, they're going to find people. something else to throw. What horrible people. That's what they do, man. I know, but they're awful. <laughs> When's the last time where there were reports of batteries being thrown? Only a few weeks ago. 
I can't recall, but that's what they do. <laughs> they threw snowball, snowballs at Santa. Who does that? People from Philly. They also put cheese whiz on their Philly cheesesteaks. Disgusting human beings. I mean, not all of them, but... You, you failed to mention, you know, about the pretty good players that they have on defense over there in Philadelphia as well. They do. Uh, I think the, the a player at each position group on the all pro list I do think is extremely impressive uh, for the 49ers. Um, they are a formidable squad. Um, I will own up to sleeping on them earlier on in the season. Um, didn't think they could really get it done with any of the quarterbacks, and they've done it with all of the quarterbacks just about. So maybe maybe Trey Lance is not on that list, but. <clears throat> I do think it's going to be an electric game. I think it's going to be high scoring in twenties and thirties. You know, this is it's going to be a good football weekend, fellas. Who has the better defense, Niners or Eagles? Niners. All right, questionably. Def- we'll start defensive line. I think I still. Ha- I think I still have to go Niners. I'm going Eagles, man. All four uh, of their get... starters have double-digit sacks. Yeah. I'll put in strength of schedule, but... They're still NFL players. Oh, they are. All right. yeah. And, and they are. the Niners also still play in the NFC, which is trash regardless. So That's true. I I would say that uh, Armstead and, and, and Bosa uh, combined are probably better than the, the four up front, but... Uh, if, if hmm. whole group, I could, I could see that argument. Linebackers, Niners, Niners. unquestionably. It's secondary. Fred, Fred Warner Eagles. covering Ceedee Lamb, Eagles. forty yards, fifty yards downfield. My goodness. They go from two great linebackers to two great linebackers, over and over again. Three time. Uh, the DBs. Yeah, I, I'd probably say the Eagles. It's a tough call. I I I do think both defenses are great. But what is even is, even with the feat of having uh, one player from each position group on the All Pro list, I think the Eagles are more stacked. I've said that repeatedly. I thought one of the I, I heard this today. I thought one of the sadder things was is uh, a guy that we have been high on all year, C.J. Gardner Johnson, who went down early, earlier in the season with the injury, missed out on Pro Bowl voting by a week. If you are injured during the time in which they do the voting for the final voting for the pro bowl on who makes it and who doesn't, if you are injured, you are not eligible to be picked. Even if there is a possibility for you coming back later in the season, being healthy enough to be in the pro bowl, he missed it by a week. He was out during the week of voting. He came back the week after, um, missed it as sad. That's a guy who's playing at an extremely high level this season. One of the top, DB's out there. Uh, I was sad to see him not be eligible to pick and then come back a, a, a week later. Yeah, it's sad and all, but it's Pro Bowl. It's not all pro, anything like that. So don't think he's going to put too much stock into it. I mean, Geno Smith is man. a Pro Bowl quarterback. That's a, that is a good paycheck for, it for is, a lot of those but... guys with incentives and, and then just getting paid to go to the Pro Bowl. Is that an incentive in his contract, though? Uh. I don't know, but they typically do. Uh, they do have a standard um, for contracts. Make a Pro Bowl, you get uh, no less than six figures, um, and then some do have million dollar incentives to make a Pro Bowl directly in their contract. You wanted to go. You wanted to talk about defense. Well, let's talk about offense really quick. Who's got the better quarterback? Eagles. Easy. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Why are you looking at me? You think I'm offensive line? Look you dead in the face and say Brock hey. Purdy. Hey, <laughs> undefeated though. In the NFC, <laughs> mainly. Offensive line. Hmm. Tough, but Lane That's Johnson it. is playing with an injury, so I'm. I, you go Niners here. Yep. It's a tough one. You got Kelsey, you got Brian Malata. Um, 
you got late, late. That's tough. I think I'd have to agree with the 49ers. Um, Whiteouts, re- receiving core. I'm going to have to leave the 49ers just because you put Christian McCaffrey in the receiving core as well. They put him <laughs> out wide all the time. They're if, I'm just, if I'm just saying wide receivers, I I, I definitely go Eagles because I, I prefer A.J. Brown to Debo Samuel and I prefer Devontae Smith to Brandon Ayuk. I would say you take the running backs out of that conversation, but tight ends are, are in that conversation. The Eagles, yeah. And running back room, obviously 49ers. I, it's like it's – it's tit for tat here and there, both very solid teams. One's got a little bit better here at a portion of the defense versus over here. And then you look at offense and it's the same way. I mean, I think this is set up to be the best NFC championship game we've maybe seen in our lifetime. So like Tabo said earlier, he thinks it's going to be high scoring. Is this going to be a shootout or is this going to be a defensive battle? There's going to be defensive plays made. I mean, don't don't expect 50-point games, so, you know, but I am going to bring up uh, Rams-Chiefs from back in the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but th- there were strip sacks. There were defensive touchdowns. You know, expect big plays from both defenses, but expect, you know, to beat – points scored off of those turnovers uh, and, uh, you know, still make it a high scoring game. Who are the biggest playmakers in this game? For the Niners, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Easy choice there. And Bosa. For defense, yeah. Uh, Eagles, Jalen Hurts, you know, I I think the 49ers team can carry Brock Brock Purdy like they could baby Brock Purdy and still get a victory, but Jalen Hurts more so affects you know how that offense runs over in Philadelphia. So if he's if he's playing well, they have a big game. And Darius Slay for the defense, big play Slay. It's a big one. I think I think Fred Warner is going to have himself a hell of a game. I think he's going to impact the way Jalen is able to read. The 49ers defense, that guy is so good, man. I love everything that he does out there. And don't forget Talanoa Hufunga. Dude, I mean, mini, mini Troy Palomalu out there. The guy is fast to the break. Um, offensively, I think the I think the player who's gonna have the biggest impact on offense, Devonta Smith. I think everybody's going to be so keyed in on Jalen Hurts running the ball and A.J. Brown, what he does to being a possession receiver and a deep receiver that they're going to forget a lot about Devontae Smith and he's going to be open quite a bit out there. I think if they do, if they get him involved, it's going to help them out a lot. That Even if it's end arounds or something else, like he, has, he doesn't always have the greatest receiving day, but when he does, they're winning. Uh, and it's so, always like when he has a receiving day, let me tell you, it is a day. He doesn't do yeah. small. It's either nothing or everything. You guys ready to pick this game? Is there anything else in particular that like really will stand out in this game to you? This will be the Brock Purdy is a rookie game. Really comes out and shows that he's a rookie. Really? Makes make some mistakes to lose yep. the game. And you you wouldn't be able to really fault him for it. Like like we've talked about, their defense is very good. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to fault Brock Purdy for having a rookie game here. Let's go ahead and pick this one. Like I said, it's 49ers in Philly against the Eagles, who are currently two and a half point favorites. Uh, I did say that I was going to pick first here. I've got the 49ers winning this game on the backs of Brock Purdy. Um they're going to take this one home at uh, 32-28. No, oh, yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Bubs. Philly's going to win. And it's going to be like 44-38. to 38. 
Holy cow. <laughs> it's going to be you like. You said no high scoring game, and you come out with a high scoring game. I did say high scoring game. You I did. Said, yes, I said it was going to be high scoring. He said reminiscent of the way back when. I didn't say there was going to be a 50 point game. I got you. It's, it's not going to be a 50 ball on either side, but big game. What was big your game. score again? 44 38. 44 38. I'm going to pick it's the Eagles. It's a weird score. <laughs> Very weird score. The Eagles. To make it the Kelsey Bowl in the Super Bowl. Eagles 35 for Niners 21. like it. Uh, Just I TDs. Would, Just touchdowns. No missed extra points. Much like to see a Kelsey, a Kelsey Bowl. That would be beautiful. I don't know. But I don't you th- pick I, the Niners. I, it would be beautiful to but say, but I think, we're gonna get a, I think we're going to get a rematch of, uh, of 2020. I think that's what we're looking at. I think that would be boring. I think the more exciting Super Bowl here is Chiefs Eagles for sure. We'll have to Plus, see. we already seen the 49ers seem, earlier this year, seem, so like let's yeah, get let's get some fresh ass. Let's get some fresh blood. They 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 were out like five players. So, <laughs> listen, folks. It's I'm so excited for this championship weekend. Two great games four amazing teams we've had Tybo's birthday uh on wednesday mine coming up the day that you're hearing this we're going to get together all three of us and a big group of friends and celebrate and have ourselves a hell of a championship weekend we hope you enjoy it too and then we'll we're gonna you, give the Bengals hell over the can of whoop ass if you know what i'm talking about brother, brother. we'll see you guys back here early next week after the chiefs open up a can of that whoop ass and never forget go chiefs go chiefs go chiefs